Hi, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato here at the Hayes FM, and the show is a condo expert. You know, I take a look at all of the different interesting things that are going on right now, and wow, we are overloaded. We've got Metrolinks happening. We've got them wondering and scurrying around as to where they're going to get the funding. Municipalities are trying to take a look at different avenues to hit us with more taxes. And we're looking at a tremendous price tag. The issue of casinos just got thrown out in the downtown Toronto core. Transportation gridlock is at the forefront. Now I understand that today there's actually going to be a huge coverage with respect to condominiums and short-term rentals. Now doesn't that one sound familiar? And you heard it here on The Condo Expert, because if you go back to some of my podcasting, you will find that numerous times I've put on the table the problem with the short-term rentals and how it creates an unsafe environment for condominiums. And when condo owners feel that they're spending all this money to have security and protection and safety and records and management office as to who's living in the building and who's registered, lo and behold, we have the worldwide internet advertising dozens and dozens of companies, individual people who are now making their units available for a few days, three days, four days, six days, eight days. Now, I don't know absolutely positive yet, but I do understand that it is highly possible that the city of New York has now banned short-term rentals in condominiums. And I would have to guess that the reasons behind that is strictly because of what I've just mentioned. I mean, you know, a condominium is a home. It's not a hotel. I don't know what the government was thinking when back in 2003, they agreed on legislative changes that would allow a builder to include transient rentals in a condo declaration. And as long as it's included in the declaration, it would be acceptable and deemed available to anyone that owns in that building. So I think, you know, maybe what, you know, we have to have our own investigation here in the province of Ontario and take a look at the pros and cons. And I can almost guarantee you that the cons are a lot higher than the pros because the pros are not geared towards home ownership. They're geared towards short-term rentals for profit, and they're geared to filling a building And even if that building has 10% or 20% or 30%, it is not the way that it should be. People should not be taking their units and allowing different parties to rent them for two days here and five days there. A group of guys want to come down for the weekend, party downtown, rather than getting into a hotel. Now they're going to use a condominium. What is that? It's certainly not what people expected when they bought a condominium. So we'll have to stay tuned to that one because it's going to hit hard. And it certainly is a topic that I've put on the table at the Condo Act Review and the Ministry of Consumer Services because it is a concern. And even if it's a short-term rental or a sweet company, for instance, 
Okay. These companies, if they don't find a tenant to satisfy the contract, they still have to pay the money because they have an obligation of the contract. So that means they would have to subcontract their agreement to another company who most likely can subcontract to another company. So at the end of the day, which company was it that actually has the tenant in the building and oversees what's going on with that particular tenant? So, you know, it's turned into a business and probably a, a very lucrative business. And the question is, at whose expense? So please stay tuned. And if you hear more on this, email linda at lindapinazzato.com. So L-I-N-D-A Pinazzato, P-I-N-I-Z-Z-O-T-T-O.com. So we'll move forward on the topic I was looking at talking about today. Smoking. Smoking in homes reduces property values, reduces condominium values, creates a different environment within a condominium, and it no doubt affects the common elements of the building. There's been a lot of different surveys that have identified that homes that are occupied by very heavy smokers will affect the sale price. Now, you know, last year, an elderly woman called me in and I was supposed to go up to, or actually did go up to a condominium apartment up near the Bramley City Center. And when I walked in, oh my God, speaking from a non-smoker. Now, I'm not a non-smoker in the sense where, you know, did I ever smoke? No, I'm really not into it. But I don't have a problem with people if they want to smoke. That's their choice. It's their life. However, having said that, when I walked into this condominium apartment, I was floored. The walls were no longer white. They were like smoke tainted. The stickiness on the carpeting, the residue was awful. I went to take my shoes off and I, oh my God, I just, I looked down and I thought, okay, that's not happening. I had to put them down immediately. This woman was in her early eighties and she smoked admittedly a pack and a half to two packs a day. And most of the time she did that in the condo. The doors, the colonial doors, which you see are generally white. Even when you buy them at Home Depot, they're white. Well, these ones were the same. The entire unit would have to be completely disinfected. And, you know, you couldn't even paint on that surface. I mean, you literally would have to go out and get that kind of, there's a certain type of paint that you would buy if you want to cover crayons and you know, anything with a wax kind of finishing or, or maybe, you know, some type of primers, you would have to go to that route through the entire unit before you could possibly bring it back to a half decent state where you could actually live in there. But having said that, the ceiling was a popcorn ceiling, you know, the stipple ceiling. So I don't know how you're going to be able to get that out of there. It almost got to a point where you, you may have to scrape it all out and maybe respray it. Because I think that if you had to put one or two or three coats of paint cosmetically, it would be an absolute mess. Now, you know, getting away from the paint, of course, you know, the unit was not tidy. It wasn't very clean. And it was a very, very difficult property to sell. You would have to certainly drop the price in order to accommodate the problem and the problem being the condition. The unfortunate part is, you know, there was a lot of space. It had a lot of space. It had good exposure. It was on a higher floor. But with these kind of negative 
impacts with respect to the condition and certainly the smoke. It's really unfortunate because the way the real estate market works, and as I've mentioned before, I've been a realtor since 1979, and I've seen it all. I mean, you know, over the years, it was only a few years back where smoking was banned in corporate offices and actually was also banned in nightclubs and restaurants and so on. And obviously, you know, it was deemed medically unsafe with secondhand smoke to be traveling around and affect other people. Because if that wasn't the case, why was it banned? And why do we have non-smoking conditions in the majority of venues and, you know, facilities, amenities and, you know, commercial buildings and so on and so on out there, plazas, shopping centers, buses, but not condominiums. Now, you know, I get it. If people own their own single family home, they want to go in, they want to smoke until their heart's content. They affect themselves. It's their home. It's detached. Even the semis have a concrete wall between the two, but they don't share venting systems. They don't share fan coils and return air vents. They don't share common elements and hallways and elevators. So why on earth, when the no smoking rules came down, would our government not step forward and recognize that there's a whole other issue out there which relates to condominiums. If you yourself buy a condominium, and you know, not only that, you have to think of health issues. There are people that are seriously allergic to smoke. So what do they do if they live or buy a unit next door to a chain smoker? As I mentioned, the fan coil units are shared through the building. You have an individual one inside your unit, granted, but it's all in the main system. So, you know, getting rid of foul odors through any kind of a a multi-residential condo complex is not a cheap situation. It's not inexpensive. It's downright expensive. You know, I had a conversation with a gentleman. He was telling me that in the clubs, in the nightclubs, they actually had to come because they couldn't get the residue out of the flooring. It was that difficult because the amount of smoke that was in the room You know, and as you realize, I mean, you know, most nightclubs, the lighting is dimmed. So if you see it in the evening (laughs) and, you know, with special effects and lighting, it doesn't look too bad. It actually looks quite entertaining. But honestly, I would say to you, go back in the daytime. And in the daytime, you're going to see the wear and tear effects of dancing and so on. Like for instance, you know, scratches on the flooring. I've seen like nice hardwood floors and stuff. You'll see scratches. I will guarantee you that during the time that smoking was available in nightclubs, you could go back in the daytime to those clubs and you would see those effects. So is it costly? Absolutely. You know, the Ontario real estate agents, you know, we look at a number of different items, you know, and we try to determine through survey processes of how things could actually damage value in properties. And I know that there was quotes that had suggested up to 30%. I think it really depends on, on how bad the whole situation is. But there was a survey that was sponsored by Pfeiffer Canada. And beside the obvious damages you know, which is what we talked about, you know, the staining of carpets and the walls. 
the smell is one of the key things and it is ridiculously hard to eliminate. And the biggest problem is, is it's not self-contained. It can't be self-contained because the complex is not self-contained. I know even in a lease, for instance, if I was to lease a property to someone and all the time I put a comment in the lease stating that the tenant agrees that they are a non-smoker and that they will ensure that there is no smoking by any guests that come in the unit. Now, you know, it's funny because if there's any damage to the unit and they are as a result of a tenant smoking and that clause has been put in the lease, then that tenant is liable. So, you know, when they sign that lease and if they decide that they're not going to adhere to the lease, there could be ramifications as far as costs or, or a potential claim for eviction. Because again, you know, it's a measure of trying to protect the safe investment of a person's property. But people that smoke, you know, and they have the joy of smoking, they don't look at whether or not they should be protecting their investment because as far as they're concerned, it's a lifestyle and it's a lifestyle that they have chosen. What they're not thinking about is, is how much it hurts their neighbors, whether it's the people above them, beside them, below them and how much damage that they're putting into the building. So, you know, so it is definitely something to think about. And with all of these changes going on right now in the Condo Act, there's no question that this kind of issue needs to be brought to the attention and proper mandatory changes need to be made. Now, I know that there's a non-smokers rights association and generally what they do is they also carry on different types of studies and you know, and they will determine, say, for instance, an average cost that it may be for someone to actually clean up a um, a very, you know, smoke-infested condominium apartment unit. And I think, too, you know, maybe it's a good idea to take a look at, you know, Canadian fire marshals' comments and what the actual percentage, maybe a study needs to be done on how much fire safety is at risk. Because, I mean, these condominium insurance policies are getting higher and higher. And the deductibles are getting higher and higher. So maybe this is the right time for the province to come in and undertake some kind of research to get statistics on how many fires are started because of cigarette smoking, in particularly in condominium units. Because again, it's not just affecting one unit. So, you know, if we talk about, and, and then too, I mean, you know, I know that there's an, an issue all the time with regards to pets, and I know that there's restrictions in condominium buildings, and I know that, you know, some people, in particular people that are not pet owners or people that favor pets in their lives, you know, that can be an issue. But, you know, pets are not, you know, as far as, looking after pets and maybe where they're doing their business around the facility, around the condominium. You know, it would be decided that there should be an open space area for the pets and they can mandate different restrictions on the size of the pets. But there hasn't been any health reports out there that have suggested that there's any problems other than the fact that you may not like pets. It's not a hazard. Smoking is a hazard, and it's been proven to be a hazard time and time again, even to the point 
of the smoking cartons suggesting exactly how dangerous it is to be smoking. But again, it's a choice. And I'm not telling you don't smoke. I'm not telling you how to run your life. I'm just basically providing the information and showing how it actually can cause a negative value to your property and certainly to the condominium amenities throughout the building. And what does an owner do? If an owner feels that they have a smoking problem in their unit because of an adjoining unit, what do they do? We've had reports continuously from owners who are so frustrated, they've notified the board of directors and the board of directors have done absolutely nothing. But in fairness to the board, how can they stop someone from smoking in their unit when there is no guidelines? Now, there is a a section in most condominium declarations documents that states an owner's safe enjoyment of their home. So now if you talk about a safe enjoyment of their home, I guess you could really take, there could be a gray area there where you'd consider that, you know, smoking is not compliance to being safe, a safe enjoyment. So I think that gray area could maybe give the grounds. But again, it's going to be a a mediation type of dispute resolution. I don't believe that a board of directors at this particular time would have the power to knock on someone's door and or send them a registered letter to inform that owner or the tenant that could be in that unit, even though the tenant has it in their lease that they should not be smoking. It's possible they may be. And then the problem is, is how does the owner find out? The only will, owner will only find out if they are taking the time to go and investigate the unit. So there is a little bit of a remedy there for tenants, but what remedy is there for owners that are smoking in these units? You know, there's a lot of restoration companies out there, such as, you know, Winmar in particular, Winmar Disaster Restoration. I've worked with them in the past, and they're an excellent company. And, you know, there's so many different environmental solutions that can be offered. I mean, they have all sorts of type of cleaning devices to release the smell, especially, you know, anything that I know that household products such as vinegar, you know, that might help uh, minor problems in and around, or maybe baking soda might be another one. I know a lot of people take baking soda and they put it inside their fridges and so on. But, you know, again, I mean, if a condo corporation was to move forward and hire a company like Winmar, that would cost money. And that generally is not money that should be budgeted for because it's not the normal standard operations of a condominium building. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this situation. So please stay tuned. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato. Uh, the Condo Expert. Hi, you're listening to Linda Pinizzato at The Condo Expert. And we were talking about how the value of your condominium could be affected because of people, whether they're tenants or whether they're owners, and they are smoking in the building, whether they're in the unit and they're smoking in the common element area that they're smoking. Really, to be quite honest with you, the only place that they should smoke is maybe on a rooftop patio. And then don't throw cigarette butts over the railings. You know, that seems to be another number one complaint. I cannot believe how many people are so incredibly disrespectful that they would take their cigarette butt and just toss it and to let it fall down 20 stories and land wherever. 
You know, I was, as you know, I'm the president of a condo building and we get that report, especially on more of the, you know, larger terraces, because if they're just standard balconies and they, they're flat sided balconies that go straight down, then they may not fall and land on anyone else's balcony. It really depends on the direction of the wind and certainly which direction your units are facing. But I will tell you, it is a common, constant problem on terraces and anything that juts out. And again, it's a safety hazard. Just taking that cigarette butt and whipping it off your balcony is a safety hazard. And these are things that people should be thinking about. Funny enough, you know how we actually got people to start thinking? We posted a notice. (laughs) It was was ingenious, actually. We posted a notice on the board thanking all the owners that had notified us of the people that were tossing their cigarettes, of the units of where the cigarette butts were being tossed from. That's called reverse psychology. And believe me, if it works on children, it actually works on smokers who throw cigarettes off balconies as well. So something to think about for you board of directors out there that are having the exact same problems and need to deal with it somehow. So in closing on that subject, what I would love to hear from all of you listeners, in particularly those who are having a problem with smoke issues, I think that if we can continue to compile a list and present it to our provincial government during this process of the review, and also provide a copy of it to the non-smokers rights associations, and maybe one step further to the fire marshals, it will give us enough documentation to warrant a review, and even maybe to the point of creating a stakeholders meetings. And believe me, that is where change begins. Because if we just sit back and accept it, and life goes on, I'm sorry, but things will not be changed. And will it affect your bottom value? Absolutely. Without a doubt, it is going to affect your value. And whether it affects it by the smell of the smoke or whether it affects it by the increase of your insurance deductibles, because all of a sudden now you've had a fire in your building. Okay. These are concerns that you need to address and stay on top of. So I take a look at, you know, other issues that are happening, you know, a lot of the buildings nowadays, they try and look at environmental safety. And, and I know that a lot of the paints, for instance, are environmentally friendly. And there's a lot of different types of services out there. The Condo Owners Association actually was involved with the National Home Show about a year and a half ago. And oh, that was challenging. 10 days at a home show talking condominiums from nine in the morning to nine at night. You talk about being spread thin on that one. That was not an easy challenge. And the amount of people that had to literally line up to get information because there was so much details about condominium, although they owned it, or maybe their children owned it, or their mother owned one, very few people truly understand condominium. So the reason I'm mentioning it is, is that we were very fortunate. We had a company by the name of Geep International that came and sponsored our booth. And the type of services that they provide actually to the public are amazing because they're a global electronic recycling company. So basically, they're an industry leader. And what they provide is, is that they provide a recycling option for IT products. Now, why am I talking about that when I'm talking about condominiums? 
There are a lot of people that live in condominiums that may not have transportation. It's very common, you know, especially too. I mean, it depends on which neighborhood that you're in. There tends to be more parking spots available in uh, condominium complexes that are in the suburbia areas as opposed to the downtown Toronto. But there's a lot of different products now like keyboards and old PCs and laptops that once you've decided that you're going to literally trash them, where do you trash them? What do you do with them? And it's not easily readily available to, you know, take these items, especially if it's your PC. I mean, they're quite heavy. You're not going to take the thing, go on a subway or go on a bus and try and get rid of them. So this particular company who's actually based out of Barrie, okay, they've implemented a phenomenal program where a condominium building can call them up They will put a disposal container outside the condo, which then allows maybe on a collection day for all the people, residents living in the condominium building to literally drop it in the box. No different from the boxes that you see for, you know, goodwill and so on. And the other great part about it is, is that it does not cost the building one penny. Now, the expensive, Geeps has a very, very expensive state-of-the-art facility, and they service customers everywhere. They have 11 locations, like in U.S. and Canada and Costa Rica, with like over 700 employees. And believe it or not, they actually process 200 million pounds per year and over 600,000 electronic products. Now, recycling this is definitely better for our economy. There's no question. We have to address this because, you know, technology is not going away. If anything, it's getting stronger every day. So electronic e-waste is important, and recycling it in compliance to the different requirements like there's an EP requirement, an IE and an EPS, uh, EPSC standard. And, you know, and, and that's for the protection and safety for all. So I wanted to do a shout out to Geep because they've really were incredibly helpful when they jumped on board and they sponsored the Condo Owners Association, recognizing how important COA is to the community of condominiums across the province. So thank you, Geep Global Electronic Processing. Now, if your condominium building is interested in arranging for this container, please contact info, I-N-F-O, at COA, C-O-A, Ontario.com, and we will assist you in making the arrangements. Another quick topic I want to mention is bicycles. You know, there's a lot of condominiums that end up with abandoned bicycles. Now, granted, some of them may not be in the greatest shape. But you know what? It's okay. There's a number of different associations out there that deal with refurbishment and recycling of bicycles. And what they do with them when they're finished and they're ready and they're looking great again, they donate it to underprivileged children. Why would anybody want to toss out their bicycle into the garbage rather than thinking about all of the underprivileged children out there? Did you know that if you actually did a study of underprivileged children in Canada, you would be shocked 
to find out that we have so many in Hamilton and, believe it or not, in Vancouver. And I believe that there's another few areas as well. And certainly a lot of areas in the downtown Toronto core. There's another bike refurbishing group out there that are just absolutely wonderful. And then, of course, there's also other initiatives where they've taken these bikes and they've shipped them to third world countries. And it's so helpful and it's so supportive. Get involved. So again, if you have bicycles, if you have a condominium building and you are running into this, contact info, I-N-F-O, at COA, C-O-A, Ontario.com. Because we need these kind of donations. They're important. So, you know, we talk about different initiatives today, and that was what this show was going to be all about. And the other initiative that is really an important one, because believe it or not, it's mandated in an apartment building, like a standard apartment building, but it's not mandated in a condominium. And that is food waste recycle. When people live in condominiums, and I'm sure that condominium townhouses, I have to believe that most people do take their food waste and they do recycle it because for them it's a lot easier. They put it at the curb and the garbage man comes and picks it up. But in condominium buildings, you would be stunned to take a look at the pipes, say in a 25-story building. You would be absolutely shocked. Because if that piping is a two-inch piping, and if the board has not hired plumbers to clean down all the different stacks and risers in the building, okay, those two-inch pipes, you'll be lucky if they're a half-inch with the guck and, and nasty effects that they have around it. It's absolutely horrible. Actually, we should be taking a picture of this and put it on the COA site. So, so when you think about it, you know, it's important for people environmentally wise is to start considering waste recycling and certainly not throwing it down your drains. So we're going to talk a little bit more about waste recycling when I come back. So please stay tuned. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato at the Condo Expert on the Hayes FM. So we're back. It's Linda Pinizzato at the Hayes FM on the Condo Expert. I was talking about recycling and food waste. You know, there's an awful lot of companies out there that provide different bags and so on for food waste. And unfortunately, some of the brand new buildings, they may have that third tri-sector that would actually, you know, break off the difference between your trash, your food waste, And the third item would be your recycling. But the older buildings don't even have the recycling. And, you know, I think it would be quite hard to impose that because it would be awfully expensive to upgrade the building and change their entire chute and figure out how they're going to put three different tri-sectors in there. That one I'd have to leave with the experts. But moving forward, uh, their GLAD was wonderful. Clorox Canada, who, of course own the GLAD trademark, they came out with a number of different styles of trash bags. And they have one in particular that is now for food waste. And it's actually biodegradable as well. And what happened was, is Clorox actually also got involved with us at the National Home Show. And they provided boxes and boxes of free samples so that we could hand them out to the public and educate them on the importance of using these bags 
And especially, you know, when they're living in condominiums, they fight trash odors, the, the biodegradable part of it helps any types of household composting. And when they recycle them and they, without a doubt, reduce waste measures within the building, therefore, you know, coming back to, again, the maintenance fees. Don't forget, everything that happens in a building, you know, it's like taking a house and multiplying it 300 times in a condo building. So if you have one set of bills for the month for a house, just take all of it and just multiply it. <laughs> that's it. And so that's why most of these condominiums, I mean, they have budgets of $1.5 million thereabouts. And if they can find different initiatives that would actually help them to preserve some of that spending and certainly, you know, waste disposal and not tapping into their piping system so poorly. I know that there's a number of buildings, believe it or not, that a lot of the owners don't even realize, but their pipes in their condo units are actually owned by the unit owner and not by the corporation. So, you know, having talked about these recycling programs, I think that, you know, after this show, all of you listeners that own condominiums, you really need to take the time to take a look at your condo documents and or send an email to your property management office and find out exactly what it is that you own. Because interesting enough, while you're not recycling your food waste and you're taking your food waste and shoving it down your sink drains, you may very well be damaging something that you could be held responsible for. So isn't that a twist of fate? But it is the way it is. And, you know, accountability is, is extremely important. This is something that can't be overlooked. So on a positive note, we need to get, you know, it's funny because we go back to the same thing. You know, I want to elaborate. The condo expert is about providing information, good, bad, and ugly. And, you know, it's, it makes it so much easier. This show makes it so incredibly easy for you as the general public to obtain information on a one-on-one -on -one circumstances. You can listen in, you'll learn it, pass it on to your friends and family. And, you know, education is powerful. It's ridiculously powerful. And we always should continue learning no matter what age we're at. You know, the, the more you learn, the more knowledge you have and never turn that away. So on a positive note, did you know that, you know, a lot of the condominium buildings right now, I noticed that we've gotten a few emails because it seems like now that people are learning more, they're feeling happier and it seems to be driving somewhat more communication amongst people within their building. Because in the last two weeks, we have received emails now inviting us to attend social meetings. So they're actually having social committees. So there's a number of buildings now where people have actually gotten together and they've created social committees. I think it's awesome. I mean, we were totally, when the first email came in, it was like, oh, well, that's nice. I mean, I think it's great. I mean, they should be doing that. We have it in our building all the time and certainly at special times of the year. So I didn't really pay a lot of attention. I thought it was great. But next thing you know, the second one came in and third one or seven and eight and 10 and 12. And now I'm completely blown away. And maybe it's the summer spirit. I'm talking about barbecues. I have to admit there was one that talked about a potluck. Um, that kind of surprised me. I'm not sure if that one's actually going to take off. I find it hard to believe that that we're at the point where we're going to have potluck social committee parties in the condominium building. But hey, you know what? If it works, fantastic. 
maybe it's food for thought for others out there. But, you know, I think if people can do things, it is summertime. I mean, it's a great time. I know that there's another condominium actually right by square one. And what they do is they get together and they have walks every Saturday morning. They literally, the, the condominium, they have a social committee. They, anyone that comes out, they walk over to square one and they literally walk around the mall and they walk around the mall as a community. <laughs> I think it's, it's awesome. And there's another one actually over by Central Parkway. And what they do is they have a creative playground outside. So what they've done is they've now arranged for a creative playground type of party for the residents or the you know people living in the building, the residents and the owners who have children. And I would have thought that it was only geared to people with children, but the organizer actually doesn't even have children. So there you go. And I know that the Mississauga Valley Community Center, I mean, they've always got something going on. So I think that what we're going to do is move forward and, and try to create a page on COA Ontario or maybe COA Mississauga, which is going to be launching in about two and a half to three weeks. And if any of these buildings, if you've got social things going on and you want to make them public, you know, and you feel that it's a good idea to have it on our sites, by all means, let us know. Just again, email info at coaontario.com. You know, the Hayes FM is a, a fantastic radio station. I am absolutely thrilled and honored to have my show, The Condo Expert, on this radio station because it is the number one radio station here in Mississauga. And they take every possible initiative to let not only provide you with fantastic music, but to open up the doors to tremendous guests and updates on anything that's happening within the city. And, you know, they're stepping forward and aligning and opening up connections with a series of a ton of other radio stations across the province. So I think, hey, you know, power of the media and power of the radio station, this is the best way to get the word out on anything. So if you've got a condo issue or if you've got a condo praise, Maybe that's another thought. If we were to start a competition and ask condo owners, if they, condo owners, not boards, if we could ask condo owners, if they could provide us with a, an overview of their property management and their property manager. Okay. And we had a property manager competition per se. How many responses would we get? And is it something that we should think about? I think that whenever you have competitions of something and people get involved, I know that they have, you know, they always have it on, you know, the best mom and the citizen of the year and, you know, recognitions of, of, of achievements and so on. Maybe that's something to think about. It will actually put a positive flair on the condominium world. I think we're almost due for it. I think that as people understand and recognize the problems, the idea is to take the problems change them and make things better. And when that all happens, then you can look at all the positive things that are going on. I mean, heck, it's still home ownership. Stop for a moment. You own a property. You got to feel happy about it. Now all you have to do is protect it. That's it. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato here at the Hayes FM. I will be right back. Hi, welcome back to the condo expert on the Hayes FM. So we're talking about the benefits of home ownership and the positive impact that we would all have, 
you know, by just making some changes that will make it right. I am really looking forward, say within the next, I guess, eight to 10 months when our ministry and our government moves forward towards changes in legislation. I really seriously am with fingers crossed that they'll get it right because of the importance of getting it right. You know, I'm really thrilled. I know that last week I went to a number of different uh, venues and, and with so much happening right now and so many different meetings, it's really hard to get to everything. But the interesting one was about, I was actually invited to a condo building. And this one I, I went to because I thought it was extremely important. And again, it's not a negative. It's actually a, it's a comment so that people will know that they can get help. That's what it is. And, and believe it or not, I got the exact same problem addressed again this past Friday. So here goes the Accessibility Act. As we all know that now there has been some mandated changes in the Accessibility Act and the Accessibility Act is geared towards condominiums as well. Now, recently, this building that I had gone to, I guess it's now about maybe six months old. It's already gone through registration. And at this point, they still have not put in the railings and around the bathtub and the railings in the toilet area. Yet the building is a senior's building. So lucky enough, it was, you know, one quick phone call and considerations and they're underway and it's going to get resolved. However, shortly after, I got the exact same style of phone call. However, this is now a building that's actually over two years old. And again, the city of the building is catered towards seniors. So, you know, I've talked in the past about how we should be helping our seniors. There's no question about that. And I was absolutely floored to learn that this particular building still has not turned around and put up proper railing devices, considering that their building is gearing towards seniors and many seniors may require the needs and the protection that the Accessibility Act provides. So I really want to put a shout out to all of you listeners, please. If you are, if you find yourself in a circumstance or, or if you know of somebody or for that matter, if it's happening to yourself, if you are in a senior's building or you know of anyone that needs assistance, you know, this is very dear to me on this one. I, I just, I, I just feel very, very sorry for this. So if you can, please email me and let me know and I will step forward and make the phone call to see about stepping in and helping out. There is no excuse in the world for any of these buildings not to have the proper kind of railings, especially if they have seniors living in the building. And, you know, the Accessibility Act has extensive fines attached to it. I am absolutely positive that once these property management companies that are overseeing these buildings and or you know, the board and or maybe the majority investor holders in the buildings would certainly want to see this rectified immediately without any due risk of health problems or safety issues. 
So if you could please do that, I would certainly appreciate it. So, you know, thank you so much today for tuning in. I hope that you found some more information very valuable. I think that we do need to work together without a doubt. And if you're running into any of these kind of situations, we are now welcoming guests, condo owners as guests. And if you are a service-related trade that can shed some more information, especially in particular to the results of smoking and the hazards of smoking in condominiums, we welcome you to contact us. So you're listening to Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert on the Hayes FM You have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you soon.